Hi, welcome to the McIver Newsmakers Podcast. I'm Bill Osmolsky with the McIver Institute, and I'm joined by Representative Robert Whitkey from Racine to talk about a package of education reform bills that uh, has recently been introduced. And Representative, thank you very much for being with us today. I appreciate it. I'm always glad to uh, um, discuss things with the uh, press and McIver Institute and a number of other uh, organizations that are extremely interested in uh, how we can move our state forward. So Excellent. let me know what you want to know. Excellent. Well, let's start off with the, with the big one, the one that got all the headlines, SB 963, break MPS into four to eight new school districts by 2024. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit about this and uh, why four MPSs would be better than one? Okay, so um, first of all, I, I know some of the words being thrown around dismantle, I think the bill says disillusion, a number of other things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I prefer to use the uh, word reorganize. Okay. Um, and so I, I think the, the over... The overarching, at least from my my personal perspective here, uh, I believe that uh, literacy uh, is the key uh, to success in learning. And for too long in the state, we've been failing too many kids. I, I, you know, in committees, I've, I've talked a lot about to different organizations and so on. If you estimate, we have a, a roughly a, a million uh, K through 12 students. Uh, we're talking about potentially 600,000 uh, uh, that can't read up to grade level. Um, you know, how, how many generations are, 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 of our young people are we gonna, going to go through uh, where they can't realize the opportunities that are presented to them by the fine, you know, by what we have going here in the fine state of Wisconsin? Um, one of the things I'll note is that um, the reason I kind of stress the, the different lives. It was something that um, I learned from Dr. Berkson, uh, who, who fashioned some things uh, in Mississippi, some Mississippi legislation, where her point was, uh, think about the lives and not just the statistics. Uh, and, and so I, I try to emphasize that as, as much as I possibly can. Uh, so basically, um, what, we're, what I've been hearing, what we've been hearing, uh, we're, we're at kind of a critical junction in our state's history, where we can take a real um, different course trajectory uh, to try to solve our uh, workforce um, gap that we have. And so if you take a look at it, um, I'll I'll, I'll just go back to the bill that you mentioned. Uh, Why why do we believe that uh, if if you would take and reorganize um, Milwaukee Public School System, um, where is that? going to. I, I believe we're, we're looking at a package of bills that starts to uh, take and turn the focus on what's best for students uh, and not, not what's best for uh, adults and, and systems. Uh, for, you know, all I have to do is take a look at the results that are going on, uh, unfortunately, and the way everything is situated right now, it's not working. Uh, and, it, and, and, and there are other districts that have similar struggle, struggles, including the one um, that's in uh, the predominant one in the uh, district that I represent. So what would be um, like the impact of splitting up MPS into four or eight districts? Because, you know, right off the bat, I mean, unless, you know, the fir- one of the first thoughts I have is unless there's like 
really, uh, you know, strong reforms that accompany that, you know, um, you know, one of the problems with MPS is, you know, the, uh, the critical race theory ideology, um, the bloated bureaucracy. How, how do we how do we ensure that we just don't end up with, you know, quadrupling the terrible bureaucracy we already have and, you know, just, you know, dispersing that that um, that same, uh, you know, that 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 the same mentality from MPS only, you know, with four four uh, four new high paid uh, superintendents. Well, uh, it's a fair question. And uh, what I would tell you is, is that, um, you know, start to say is that we, we've been hearing from parents. We've been, you know, observing through uh, going through different areas uh, with different school setups, uh, including in that area, uh, that, that they want more choices. Uh, I, I was also, I worked on the speaker's task force uh, on racial disparities. And one of the things that came clear from uh, people in the minority community, and, and, and including the, the, uh, some of the members that I had uh, that are from the Milwaukee area, is, is that we have to do, do something bold to be able to change uh, the, the traje trajectory that we're going in, and, 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 and specifically to address um, literacy, because I, I think many people know to function in society, the, the more literate you are, the better you can read, uh, it just heightens the number of opportunities that open up in front of you. So if you take and, 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 and look at that, uh, the, the thought process around this particular piece of legislation is, is to try to maybe localize a little bit more um, who, who is going to influence the decisions and so on. Uh, do I anticipate that it's just going to be, okay, divided into four areas? Uh, it's great, and we'll just divide up what we have. Uh, I've been asked the question a lot. Well, my God, yeah, you know, you're going to quadruple the, the administrative burden. Well, if I take a look at uh, administratively, um, where, they, where they sit right now, there are layers and layers within in, in their current organization. Uh, one of the things that this might do, as, as I talk to some people, is that some maybe some very good administrators that are, are, are well down the rung in, in NPS, maybe they, they would get opportunities that they currently don't have within their current system. Uh, it, 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 it gives parents in a smaller area, uh, families in a smaller area, uh, a, potentially a better way to influence what's taught there, um, what kinds of uh, things that they want uh, out of their school system and so on. And uh, looking at it, I, I just don't look at just taking and dividing into different regions. Plus, one of the key portions of the bill, it's, it's not as though I just said, okay, I'm going to take a map and I'm going to divide it up from here in Madison. The real intent was, is if you take a look at the bill, the, the, the bill takes into consideration um, elected officials that are there, um, people that, are, are, that have a duty to the public that they represent. Uh, those, those are the people that are going to get together uh, in, in, the, in the board that we suggest or recommend in the le legislation to look at what's best in those areas. And so um, I, I, I look at these bills, it, it's, it's a framework for change. Ch uh, and, and unfortunately, what happens is that, um, you know, change is opposed in many times by people. Too often now I'm hearing in committee hearings, uh, publicly, uh, we're okay. The status quo is great. We've got to protect it at, at, at every opportunity. Um, 
you know, our, our perspective is, is that let, let's, let's recommend smaller size. Uh, it's worked in, you know, so I was asked the question, does, do you know if, if it's worked elsewhere? Well, if you take a look at um, some, some other states that do things with uh, low-performing um, districts, low-performing schools, and so on, many times they take um, and move a control under uh, s some other uh, organization or uh, states and so on, but, but they do many things in smaller increments. Uh, and so that's, that's the impetus to, to, to begin looking at a framework for change, and that is let's you know, if, if, if what this does is trigger everyone to take a look at, we've got a huge issue in this state with literacy, uh, with math skills. Uh, how, how do we how do we prevent more generations from missing out opportunities in those local areas? Plus, the fact is is that if, if you if you have you know possibly smaller, more multiple districts. Um, what impact might that have on development? As it sits now, um, I have this issue in my own district. When industries, when um, individual parents, when work, the workforce, and so on, takes a look at uh, the district where you know they want to move to or they want to uh, put themselves in, uh, many people will not settle in a district that, that's that's got poor perform poor performing or has, um, you know, types of results that we're seeing. So, um, like I said, it, it, and, you know, there, there are other areas in state law, you know, there, there are open, open enrollment provisions that can keep uh, things moving in between the individual districts. It, it, it would allow them to specialize possibly in, in other areas, um, get support from local businesses, uh, you know, cater specifically to the families in those areas uh, with services and so on. And so, like I said, it's, it, it, it's a starting point. And as I told uh, one of the publications that, uh, that I talked to, is um, we, we're only in the first part of the process. So when you take a look at how legislation works, uh, we have public hearings, we take a look at um, what we've you know, drafted, and then make, make adjustments um, and amendments and so on if we believe there are ways to strengthen this but yeah and it is but, a, it is a package of bills too and like um you know you're, you're hammering on uh literacy and i believe uh, one of your bills as well has a um some uh stricter or, or more solid um uh reading requirements for uh a promotion from third to fourth grade is that right yes so uh that that bill is modeled after some things that uh we learned, uh, so if you remember, AB 446 uh, was introduced earlier, uh, and that had to do with components that would um, uh, strengthen accountability, uh, improve uh, early childhood testing, uh, not necessarily testing, but assessment of reading issues, and try to put uh, students in a, uh, a better path to improve their scores, uh, improve their reading abilities, improve uh, their math abilities, et cetera. And uh, I thought I thought that bill uh, was a, was a good first start as well to say let's 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 ensure that districts are um, identifying problems and, and and let's see what kinds of uh, interventions and so on would be needed uh, to, to to be able to get uh, improved reading levels of those of those students 
and uh, that was kind of first step, and that and that was done based on a, a, a number of different people and, and many reading, uh, different reading groups and, and fashions. We had uh, uh, John Humphreys that used to be with the DPI uh, provided some information. We talked to uh, uh, people in uh, that are. Orchestrated some of the laws in uh, Mississippi that had helped them turn their score, their their performance around, and so that was kind of a start. Uh, unfortunately, that bill was uh, vetoed by the governor, uh, and you know the statement coming out was is that you know we need to we don't need to fundamentally fundamentally overhaul anything. We don't really need to um, you know change anything. We're already doing that, and I'm I'm like okay. I sat in a hearing. There are at least 15 or 20 parents that have, have said districts aren't aren't diagnosing dyslexia right, and so we um, we took a look at another another potential bill was the one you're talking about that'll uh, be heard next week, and it takes uh, some feedback that we've gotten from uh, some uh, school administrators that I've talked to. Um, and I talked about uh, certain uh, license, licensing uh, of uh, certain components of licensing for teachers on, on uh, teaching students how to read. Uh, and then it looks at, um, the bill looks at something that was done, something bold that was done in Mississippi. Mississippi used to be below us as far as having the worst racial achievement gaps in the nation. Okay, they've leapfrogged us. So what did they do? Okay. So if you take a look at what they did, one of the things that 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 they did is said that if you get to grade three, you cannot read to grade level. You will not advance any further until there are are, are interventions and so on. And so one of the things that you know took a look at here, uh, it, it, and, and the bill is is designed to go for a certain period of time to see if we can um, is, is this a way to make an impact. So that, so that we get more students towards grade level um, early on. It, it worked there. I, I, I get criticism a lot because they say, well, why would you want to model something after Mississippi? Well, because other states are looking at what they did and taking a look at components and trying to fit them into what we do. So once again, um, that bill is designed to say we can't just keep moving kids through the system. And getting them um, graduating from high school uh, where they can't even uh, read or do math to a level that uh, uh, makes them employable uh, or or solve or, or allows them to reach opportunities with the other talents that they have. Yeah, I mean, clearly social promotion is a huge problem. Um, I'm always pointing out to people how um, you take any school district in the state and you'll see, a, you know, around a 30 percent. Uh, 30 percent of students are able to read at grade level yet somehow 90 percent of students in that district graduate so um right you know so i mean it's not surprising that we're facing a situation where uh about you know two-thirds of society is you know functionally high functioning illiterate um so i yeah it's a it's a great idea to to hit that at, at um you know early grade levels and um Obviously, it, it's a start, <laughs> you know, something needs to be done, you know, throughout the entire education experience. But, you know, it's good to see something, you know, at that point that's worked in other states, too. Um, well, so, but Phil, let, let, me, let me just add to that a little bit. because I, I, I like what you talked about, because you emphasize that, you know, this package of bills, it's a start. And, and, and I guess one of the things that when, when I was elected, 
um, there were two things that, that, that I was committed to doing, and that was to uh, work to create a better tax environment for our businesses and families. And two was to um, find a way to uh, close the uh, em employment gap that we currently have now, build, building a better workforce and closing that gap that employers are looking at right now so that we can keep the economic engine that we have going. Key to that it, over time is to make sure that, that, you're, that, that you're able to get students that go K through post-secondary and come out with employable skills with all the way around so they can get opportunities in industries that, that, that attract them. And, 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 and I like what you said about this is a start. The, the, there's, there's a lot of work to do, okay? This, this is merely the framework to say, here's what we believe in. We've heard parents, we've heard employers, we, we have walked, you know, I have personally, you know, walked through uh, the 40 schools that are in Racine. I've been to a number of different places um, in the Milwaukee area. I'll go, you know, to basically any school district or any school that wants to have me to look at the positive things that they're doing to to, to address the where they believe that there are shortfalls. And 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 when you look into children's faces, and you know, when you walk away, you say, I I, I don't want that student to be one that can't realize all the potential that they have. I mean, I, I always love going to the elementary grades because those students are so full of energy. Um, they've got, you know, all kinds of great ideas. I don't want to look at them eight, seven years later and see them in high school dragging their heads because they're struggling because the foundation for, for having success isn't there. And I, and I know all I have to do is go to my, my small businesses, uh, restaurants, uh, uh, grocery stores, uh, as well as my manufacturing employers and whatever, and they will tell you right out, we have to do a better job over the long term. There are other solutions we have to consider. And I, and I think if what comes out of this package of bills, if it, if it gets everyone in southeastern Wisconsin, as well as the rest of the state, riled up and focused on what are the solutions we need to turn the needle around so that, so that we have... Um, Children coming out of our, our school systems that, uh, you know, are at grade level, that are realizing opportunities, uh, I'm, I, I would be uh, extremely pleased. You know, and uh, another one of the bills in this package, another really hot button, uh, hot, hot button bill that's getting a lot of attention and uh, is going to become a big factor in the, the governor's race. Um, school choice for all, universal school of choice, whatever you want to call it. I mean, talk about something that would really light a fire under the public schools, too, with competition. Yeah, and, and, and uh, you know, I've, I've, well, Phil, let me mention something that I, I kind of point out, and I've done this since I was board president in Racine for, uh, or at least for a term that I had there. And that is one of the things that we don't talk about a lot or you don't hear many people talk about is the largest school choice program that we have in the state. And that is open enrollment. Open enrollment allows you to go in between one public school district to another, okay? The school districts decide how many seats they want to open up to open enrollment. If, if, I, if you take a look at in Racine, you will see the whole attention goes to um, the number of students that use the parental choice program to go to um, 
parochial, private, uh, uh, charter schools, uh, other other form, form of education in the district. What you won't hear a lot of talk about is there are an equal number. And at, and, and at one time when I was there, it, it, it meant that $14 million in state aid went to districts like Union Grove, Oak Creek, Franklin, possibly Kenosha, okay? So there's not a lot of discussion about that. It appears that that type of school choice program is fine with a number of different parties. But do you know that um, it's kind of a brokered system? So um, I'll keep a, a percentage of the aid here with me, and then I'll give you some for taking the student on, okay? So yeah, everyone wants to, uh, every, when you talk about moving to, I think I, I, I look at it a little bit differently. What, we, what we've had happen since, the, since back in uh, March of 2020 is that uh, it has been kind of laid wide open in a number of places in the state that parents want more choice. Parents want um, more influence on, on what their ch uh, uh, children are learning, um, how they're learning it, how the school how the, how the educational choice that they're going to make is going to fit for their for their children. And so, one of the one of the big things is is that um, you know one of, one of the ways that you kind of work work through that process is to have. Um, you know, this, our, our school funding um, follow the student. You know, it's it, it, it. And don't get me wrong, this is not about the you know uh, tearing down different uh, you know trying to tear down different pieces of of an educational system. This is about providing all of our students with the best education that fits them and their family. Okay, and so. One way to achieve that is is to make choices for for everyone, um, you know, within within a certain district and so on. Could will you know? Could it potentially make our system much better? Because you're right, it it is going to um, basically state or or kind of put into place that um, there will be now if if you you know, and there will be students that'll stay in every every single form of education that we have. Uh, but it, it, it'll signal that uh, you got to deliver on, on, on what you've promised parents and students that you'll get, and you're, and you're going to have to get them to a perspective where um, they, they are realizing the opportunities that, that are available to them. Yeah. And so one, one way to do that is to, is to basically, like I said, is to, is to work, uh, begin to work the, the school funding formula that addresses a number of things that I, I, I've heard that uh, – uh, we need to consider a little bit differently, uh, but have that that dollar value follow the student. Now, um, now, now with yeah. So I mean, on that with um, you know school, the idea of school choice for all specifically, you know, this is something that you know conservatives have you know kind of dreamed about, but you know for for a very long time. But you know, this is you know we're finally starting to see actual legislation be proposed. Uh, to mm -hmm. make that happen, you know, what kind, what are you hearing? Like, what kind of support are you getting from uh, from other Republicans on this? Because I mean, I look at that bill and I, I see fifteen names on it. Uh, I, you know, uh, 
I guess we're 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 early in the in the in, like I said we're early in the press, but, but I will say this: um, no matter how many names or uh, whatever that sign on to the to the bill like that, what what people should un, uh, understand is that when when we undertake different legislation and so on, and, and a lot of this, um, we're working with Senator Darling in her office. She's head of the Education Committee in uh, uh, the Senate. Uh, I you know I. I believe there's an overwhelming support, uh, you know, from within our caucus, uh, because everyone's hearing in their district from parents, from families, that 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 we need to improve the system, and I want to make sure that I have the choice that best that that best fits my um, my son or daughter. Now, I, I I look at it, and there's a lot that goes in this. We you know. We, we have a lot of committee hearings and so on that people draw information from testimony and so on. We get feedback um, from constituents all over, and and then uh, we've got uh, businesses. So so that's a lot. You'll hear us talk a lot about you know we're closest uh, to um, you know the people that we serve in our districts and, and we know things. Uh, but I would say there's 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 widespread. Um, uh, support within within our caucus to to start to turn the needle um, the way it needs to go, and that's up. And so the you know these bills are, are a framework to start that change. And um, you know I I guess you'd have to to to, to take a look through uh, through every member we've got. But I I mean I I, I know I know you know. The temperature that I get is uh, is uh, pretty warm, whether there's 15 or 60 or 100 different names on that bill. Okay. So, you know, the, the last thing I want to talk about with you is um, the idea of a parent, uh, parental uh, bill of rights. Um, just, you know, for quick background on this, you know, I've done a lot of reporting on, um, on some of the curriculum here in uh, the Madison School District where um, uh, you've got a situation where, you know, students are, are – being exposed to sexually explicit subjects. I did a, a, a story a couple years ago about eighth grade classes writing sex, you know, erotic poetry. We've got um, students that are um, encouraged to come out by their, uh, you know, as, uh, you know, bi or pan or, or, or whatever, what you know, all the other combinations out there. And there's even, you know, uh, district policies that, you know, teachers aren't supposed to tell parents if their student is, uh, you know, picking different gender preferences or sexual identities. So, um, and, and then, you know, th this this story is also particularly relevant today because we've got Representative Lee Snodgrass who tweeted out today, if parents want to have a say in their child's education, they should homeschool or pay for private school tuition out of their family budget. So, hot button issue today. Um, what are your thoughts and your, what's your approach to this issue? Okay, so... Uh... We just we just heard that bill in the education committee today, um, you know, and and of course, I I heard that you know once again we have federal laws that cover all these things, etc. Um, I think you have to, to to go to a number of different groups um, that have done research, uh, and then and then take a look at the testimony that we that we got from parents that are there. Okay, so right now, and 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 this is not just just a Wisconsin issue, this is nationwide. Parents feel that they are being ignored. Parents feel they have no way to be able to influence 
the process. And parents are parents are are are, are extremely concerned with, as you mentioned, some of the content things. They believe that it is their responsibility to raise their children. And I, and I have four, and I and I can certainly relate to all of them. That that it's their responsibility to address whatever subject they have in their child's growth. It is not the it, it, and, and I think where where parental bill of rights come through, it, it's the ability to, and I think it was said uh, best by uh, uh, in, in in the hearing that we had, that this is a signal to um, school board members, district administrative teachers that parents want to say in how their how the kids are educated. You can't make these decisions for them, okay? Do I realize that um, you know that there are different you know different districts have different issues? Uh, not every parent is is 100% attached, but this comes out of listening to what parents want and watching um, how they feel when they don't believe they can have any input into even those school board members that are uh, that they elect to represent them on decisions. I've, I've long said, because I was a school board member, I said, I've, I've known for all along, you have to realize that six, in my district, we have nine uh, school board members. So I, I used to tell people, um, six individuals make the majority of the decisions in the district, okay? That's the superintendent who runs the, the whole administrative day-to-day -day operations of the, the school district and then a majority of five people on the board that can pass through uh, you know, any, any policy or thing that they want. I've always urged parents to get involved in board meetings and so on so that those people hear and understand. This starts to list down to say, parents are concerned that, that they say, what, what we're really after is that we're not here to, 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 to pit ourselves against anyone else. We wanna partner with our schools, with our educators, with our administrators, et cetera. However, what we don't want is that um, if you're teaching a course, we want you to be teaching math, history, science, reading. We want you to focus on that. <clears throat> we will take care of raising our children on other issues, and we don't believe it's your responsibility, nor is it your responsibility to impart your um, values or your personal beliefs into that class or into my child's life. And if school boards are creating, uh, school districts are creating policies like that, this just provides a way to show parents that they can have an influence, we want them to have an influence, and it gives them a mechanism to hold um, school districts uh, and, and, and the people that run them and that make decisions there responsible. Because I, I know the question came through in the hearing that said, well, you know, who's going to enforce this? Well, it's right in the bill. Um, it, it, it allows the attorney general in the state to, to, to actually um, take and enforce uh, the provisions of that bill, uh, which means that parents have another outlet in, in, in which to uh, uh, contest things that, that they believe are, are egregious. And, and, and I, I asked several parents that testified, you know, um, do you believe that this is going to be a floodgate for all kinds of litigation every every school district? And the answer is no. It's just this is what we expect. We want uh, feedback into the 
uh, process and please give us a mechanism so that we have the ability to go somewhere if we want it enforced. And I, and, and I think, I, 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 maybe I'm an optimist, but I believe that, um, you know, we can get districts, parents um, to the same page and, and, and doing things, you know, that, that are, that are going to build the skills in our students and, and away from some of the, the subjects that you've got that, that may only be being done by an individual that believes it's that their position to do so. Well, I mean, as you can already see, I mean, people are very passionate about this package of bills and, you know, especially the ones that we, we talked about today. And I mean, clearly this is going to, you know, a lot of people are going to be talking about this uh, as the year progresses, we get closer to elections. So, I mean, you've, you've definitely made a splash. Well, it, you know, and that's, okay. So it's that, Phil, you, you bring up a, uh, a, a good, a good point. Um, and so, so maybe one, one side of this is to say, we, we need to start, um, you know, I believe in being here to solve problems. We have a huge problem, um, with how we're delivering education along many, many lines. We have to find ways to solve it. So as I've stated in many committee hearings and so on, here's, here's a framework. If you've got something, my office door is open. I have offered to meet with other people to talk about um, different aspects of, of school finance. I've offered to go to different districts to understand what they do. Uh, I have already met at least once with Dr. Posley at uh, uh, MPS. Um, you know, I, it's not about making a splash or looking, looking towards a, an election. It, it, it's about standing up and saying, we have to hear the parents we have to do something. We, we just cannot, can no longer go on and just think that, well, we're working on it as we continue year in and year out with failing kids that come through our, um, through our education system. And so if, if this is revved up a discussion, I'm all for it. I'm, and, and, and those that um, have different viewpoints or plans, please feel free to contact my office and come in and talk to us because it, it I, I had mentioned to a number of uh, different groups and so on, uh, there's, there's a, uh, a term that was used in an instance called a shared vision for, from, from where we go. And like I said, we'd like to, to share a vision with um, you know, our families, our, our students, our businesses, um, you know, our educators and so on to get, get us in the right direction. And so, uh, like I said, it's it's it, it's a very passionate topic. So hopefully we'll we will get uh, some 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 continue to get some great ideas, and uh, look to to flip the needle um, the way it's supposed to go, and that's upward for our kids. Definitely. Well, hey, Representative, thank you very much for taking the time to uh, to be with us today. I I know you're a busy man, and so it, it, um, our our listeners truly appreciate it. Anytime, Phil. Just give us a call. Once again, that was Representative Robert Whitkey from Racine. And for the McIver Newsmakers podcast, I'm Bill Osmolsky. And thank you very much for joining us, and we'll catch you next time.